Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Hello and welcome to the Radioactive Show I'm Michaela and on today's program we'll have a discussion with Dr Jim Green, National Anti-Nuclear Campaigner with Friends of the Earth, about the recently announced nuclear inquiries in Victoria, New South Wales and federally. We also speak with Shirley Winton to get the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network's response to the announcement by the Morrison government on Wednesday 21st of August that Australia would be sending a warship, surveillance aircraft and defence force personnel to the Strait of Hormuz in Iran. First up, Jim Green. Jim, thank you so much for joining us on the Radioactive show today. There has been a surprising flurry of nuclear inquiries that are happening at state and federal levels that we were pretty surprised to see with the general decline of the nuclear power industry globally. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in Australia and why we're in this Groundhog Day situation again? Yeah, uh, well, that's a good description of it because it reminds me in some ways of where we were at under the Howard government when there was a huge push for nuclear power. But um, I think it's in, mostly it's very different to that push under the Howard government because then it was serious and there was some real weight behind it. And now it's just a bunch of absolute nutcases. If your listeners were to think of the 10 stupidest politicians in Australia, well, they are the ones pushing nuclear power, uh, you know, just to name a couple, Clive Palmer and Tony Abbott. And pretty much no one else is pushing nuclear power. But, of course, some of these people are fairly close to uh, the corridors of power. So... Uh, the Morrison federal government has reluctantly agreed to a, an inquiry and it's been uh, forced to do that by the far-right coalition MPs. But it's a really strange inquiry. It's, it begins with the premise that the, uh, the legal bans which prohibit the development of nuclear power in Australia will remain regardless of the outcomes of this inquiry. So it's sort of a faux inquiry. Uh, then there's one in New South Wales and Victoria as well. But the world's changed since 2006. I remember in those days the Howard government got uh, Ziggy Switkowski to do a review of, uh, of nuclear energy options for Australia. Mm. And the estimated cost of a reactor then was 4 to $6 billion. But all of the reactors under construction in Western Europe and North America now, they cost four times as much. They cost anywhere from $17.5 billion to $24 billion per reactor. So just obscene amounts of money. And there isn't a snowflake's chance in hell that that's going to happen in Australia because it's crazy and because we won't let it happen. But, uh, yeah, you know, the media is another aspect of this. There are so many threads, but just to pick up on one more, uh, I've just finished an article on the role of the media and if we've always had Murdoch and Fairfax as the two main newspaper outlets in Australia and Murdoch was far right and Fairfax was small L liberal uh, 
but Fairfax has been taken over by Channel 9, which is called Nine Entertainment. So now we've got uh, Murdoch and Nine Entertainment, and if that sounds scary, well, it is. And some of the nonsense being published by the Nine Entertainment newspapers, such as the Australian Financial Review, it's just as dishonest and just as crazy as the nonsense that gets published every day in the Murdoch press. So mm. there are reasons to be scared, uh, because of the uh, takeover of Fairfax by Nine Entertainment, and there are plenty of other reasons to be scared by this federal government, but I'm not nearly as worried about the push for nuclear power as, as we were back under the Howard government. It feels like the danger is that a huge amount of money and time and energy going through all this again is just being wasted when we're at a really critical point where we need to take serious action on these energy issues. And I know that was something that we felt back in 2007 when Howard was proposing that, that it was really, you know, these fossil fuel industries, extractive industries trying to frame the debate as coal versus nukes to distract us from renewable energy and do you think is this the same sort of thing happening? I think so. I think the best way to frame the debate it's big old uh, electricity generators and their lobbyists versus the startup, the renewable startups and challenges. So nuclear and coal are on the same side of that debate. And another way to make that point is if you look at some of the companies, well, you know, BHP is heavily invested in both coal and in uranium, uh, but not nearly so much in renewables. Um, but, of course, that's the other thing that's changed dramatically in the past decade is that while the costs of nuclear have gone up spectacularly, the costs of renewables have come down spectacularly and... Uh, there's no competition now whatsoever. Renewables are cheaper than nuclear by a country mile, and uh, renewables are arguably cheaper than fossil fuels as well. So to quote from a, a very important report produced by CSIRO and the Australian Energy Market Operator last December, uh, you know, renewables are cheaper uh, they are the cheapest option, and it's as simple as that. Uh, arguably cheaper than fossils and definitely cheaper than nuclear. So why are we having these debates? It doesn't really make any sense. And also the South Australian Nuclear Fuel Cycle Royal Commission went through the numbers in some detail just a couple of years ago in 2016, and they clearly said that nuclear power was not viable Australia and the situation has only worsened. That has got a whole lot worse since 2016 because since then uh, a plan for two reactors in Georgia in the United States that was abandoned after the expenditure of 13 billion Australian dollars. So they've got 13 billion dollars worth of scrap metal sitting there. Um, the French reactors being built in Finland and France. Uh, the latest cost estimates for those reactors have tripled. The original estimates were about $5 billion and the latest estimates are, are north of $17 billion. Uh, Westinghouse went bankrupt. Westinghouse used to be the biggest nuclear company in the world and it went bankrupt. So just, in the, just even in the past three years, the situation for nuclear has got dramatically worse 
and the situation for renewables has got dramatically better. Do you think for the anti-nuclear movement and people working in the environmental and social justice field, like is there any point engaging with these inquiries? What do you think the, yeah. the best approach is? I think so. Um, well, I think it's really important, actually. I mean, just because this is batshit crazy, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And you can see this push for uh, government subsidies for the coal industry. Uh, it's just crazy and it's incredibly irresponsible, but it is happening. And uh, so there isn't any really any reason to believe that it wouldn't happen for nuclear power as well. So we do need to be active and we need to be active right now because there are these three inquiries going on and because there's this drumbeat of pro-nuclear nonsense in all of the newspapers whether it's Murdoch newspapers or nine entertainment newspapers so it is actually a really important time to get involved and of course it's not just nuclear power that's on the agenda there's still the uranium industry and uh, and plans for nuclear waste dumps which are still bubbling away and and need to be contested. Mm. So can you describe briefly the different inquiries that are happening and the opportunities that people have for engaging with that? Yeah, there's the federal inquiry uh, and um, there's also a New South Wales parliamentary inquiry that was initiated by Mark Latham, who's now with One Nation and uh, he's got a a, a submitted a bill to repeal the New South Wales government's bans against nuclear power. And another one by the Victorian... Uh, Parliament as well, so there's three all bubbling along at the same time. Um, We'll certainly have, people can always get in touch with Friends of the Earth, of course, to find out more information, and we encourage people to sign up for our occasional newsletters from the anti-nuclear campaign, and we'll put information up on our various websites. One that I'll list here is um, nuclear.foe.org.au. Uh, So, yeah, we definitely do encourage people to get involved. It's really important. Any other nuclear news from here or around the world that you wanted to let us know about? Yeah, well, there's always so much happening, of course, but I guess one thing that's really interesting at the moment, and there's echoes of Chernobyl, is there's been another serious accident in Russia, and as was the case in 1986, the uh, government has been incredibly reluctant to provide timely and useful and accurate information about what's going on. So I can't really give you a whole lot of information, but we're reasonably clear that it happened in a missile. And to the best of my understanding, it, it was a nuclear-powered missile, but not in the sense that it had a nuclear reactor. It had... Um, isotopes which generate heat and that heat generates power but anyway something's gone badly wrong and there's been an explosion and that has sent a significant plume of radiation throughout various parts of Russia and beyond and beyond that well as I say you know your guess is as good as mine because the Russian government simply isn't fessing up about what's going on. National governments around the world are going to have to demand information from the Russian government and continue to demand information or else we won't simply won't get any information and one of the interesting parts of this current disaster is that uh there are radiation detectors around the world uh set up by the ctbto the comprehensive test ban organization uh to make sure that countries aren't uh 
secretly conducting uh, nuclear bomb tests, and some of those have simply been switched off in Russia, so we're not getting that information that ought to be available to the international community. They've simply switched them off, so mm. that's part of the intrigue of what's going on at the moment. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Campaign and heard across the country on the Community Radio Network. We just heard from Dr Jim Green with updates on the Groundhog Day for the nuclear power debate in Australia. Now we'll go to a song shared with us by Bruno Vellalunga, who has written and produced Who Will Stop the Nuclear Clock and it's performed by Leonie Gray and Matthew Joseph. Who will stop the nuclear clock? Who'll turn back the hands of the clock? Who will stop the nuclear clock? Who'll take a stand on a nuclear ban? Who will stop the nuclear clock? Who'll guarantee the setting? people don't want war. The overwhelming majority don't want to go Australia to go to war. The overwhelming majority of Australian people are opposed to, to global wars. There's no question about it. Um, but instead, people do want the government and the society to urgently address climate change, education, health, community and social services, that the taxes that are being used in pumping up U.S. imperialist wars um, and their people's taxes should be put into the into reversing the climate change, mitigating the effects of climate change and to those social and community services. There's no question about it. Mm. And, of course, the sovereignty of 
of First People of this of this country. That's Shirley Winton, Victorian convener of the Independent and Peaceful Australian Network, or IPAN, who I spoke with in response to the Morrison government's announcement that they will be sending a warship, surveillance aircraft and close to 200 Australian defence personnel to join Britain, the US and Bahrain's military presence in the Strait of Hormuz. When did the federal government receive the request from the US? Well, we think that the federal government received the request probably some time ago. Um, It was, um, in fact, we think it was probably even when um, Morrison met Trump. That was a, a few months ago. It's been on the agenda for a long time. Um, the Morrison government claimed it knew nothing about it, like they knew nothing about the the new port that the US wants to build near Darwin, nor do, does the federal government claim they knew anything about the stationing of missiles in Darwin, uh, which was the recent, most recent announcement just after mm-hmm. IPAN's conference. Um, either that the Australian government has known about it, has been approached, but uh, strategically they've decided not to go public with it, as if they knew that that would elicit um, public concern and outcry, or a uh, decision was made without, um, without even approaching the... the um, the Australian government or the US knew that they would have an uh, obedient partner supporting their activities in the Middle East. At the IPAN National Conference in Darwin, we passed a resolution calling on the Australian government not to comply and adhere to the US quest to, to send um, Australian troops, uh, I think it's 200 troops, warships and planes to the Hormuz Strait. IPAN's concern is that Australia's involvement will only increase the tensions and bring things closer to war, especially a nuclear war, in view of the fact that Trump has has broken the the nuclear treaty with Iran. Um, and basically, this is a, a US war agenda, and the Australian government and the opposition are good-stepping behind the US to give... Um, Give the try to give U.S. Leg- legitimacy on the grounds that uh, the U.S. has support from it, from its allies. It has nothing to do with protecting freedom of navigation or protection of Australian oil supplies in the Strait of Hormuz, but it's really, um, and we've known this for a long time, that it's only about giving support to U.S. long-time agenda for regime change in Iran. Um, they have been planning for this for years, and it's a repeat of Iraq, repeat of Libya, and attempts in Syria. Um, they've done similar regime changes all across the world, and I think that's nothing new. I think that's fairly well exposed now. And then we've got to ask, then, who actually profits and benefits from the human and environmental devastation of wars? And you don't have to look far or deep deep to realise, to know that it's the military-industrial complex, which are Lockheed Martin, the BAS, Raytheon, and the fossil fuel corporations, ExxonMobil and Chevron. So it is, it is very critical that the Australian people stand up as one in a united voice, um, call on the Australian government and the opposition, which is in full 
concurrence and agreement with the with the Morrison government and the US um, in its actions in the in the Middle East. You mentioned all those companies that are going to benefit from such activities, and it seems like they do have increasing presence and operations here. That's right, and we shouldn't underestimate the influence and power that these corporations have on governments in our society. You know, our economy, Australia's economy, is now being redesigned or retuned into a military-industrial complex integrated with the US military-industrial complex. So we have we have the main industries, the, the probably um, the, the, some of the key manufacturing industries, and they're closely tied and integrated with you know, with the with Lockheed Martin, for instance, with um, Raytheon. They and we know Raytheon has enormous power um, in in our in our schools. Lockheed Martin has a lot of influence and also a lot of sort of financial um, entanglement with um, universities so that and also with governments so we've got BAS who um, who have been in Australia for some time but their presence has been increased so there's no question that this that the policies of the Australian government in addition to responding to to US government as an ally there's also those um, the the debate the, the Australia's sort of economic base is being more and more influenced by the military industrial complex. We are becoming a much more militarized society. And and just as in America the the military industrial complex is now more than ever integrated into the into the White House, into the into the government. And and then you've got to make the connection with the fossil fuel. They also it is same companies that have very close connection or their ownership overlaps the ownership of some of the fossil fuel companies and the military industrial complex overlaps. So it's all they're all integrated and that's and, and it has its impact here in Australia and that's why IPAN, one of the main reasons IPAN is advocating for independence or independent foreign policy from the US is is that it's a step towards extricating ourselves from the from US alliance, but also from these from these um, military industrial corporations and mm. um, fossil fuel corporations, because they're so integrated into America's economy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a massive project <laughs> that we've got yeah, ahead of us. But, yeah, but it's but I think that that. The exposure of it mm. is really important. I, I, you know, I don't want to sort of sound like people are powerless because people, in fact, are very, very powerful. It is a greater challenge now with the way that the mainstream media ownership has gone yeah. and everything like that for us to be able to get the word out and let people yeah. understand what is really happening here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, that, exactly, and that's the the power of the power of knowledge. The power of knowing the facts and the power of um, the truth, and that's why the media um, is so intent, is controlled so tightly, not to reveal. And that's why mm. it's all connected, isn't it? Because yep. that's why Julian Assange is in in is 
it shit the way he is mm. um, because he was exposing the the operations of some of these, you know, the governments and the and and the corporations. Um, and that's part of that when a country is involved in a in a war, um, the you know the the truth is the first casualty. Mm. I mean that's an old an old saying. Yeah. The first casualty of war is truth. And so we do we did have this situation with those journalists from the ABC who were raided by the federal police because they released secretive information. Now, when a country is at a war, that's what that's the normal procedure. And there's no question that that this there would have a pressure would have also come from the US, who've also undoubtedly involved in in war crime activities in Afghanistan, and if it's you know if if a whistle is blown on Australian uh, war crimes in Afghanistan, undoubtedly the truth will seep out about the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. So that suppression of truth is part of the the way that the, the military powers can control the people and keep us all in the dark. When, when you look at the Vietnam War and you look at so many other, you know, in history, when people were able to overcome oppressive wars, and it was through the, you know, organising and mobilising, and through educating and with, about raising awareness about the nature of war. That's all for today's radioactive show. Thanks so much to Shirley Winton and Dr. Jim Green. For more information on the nuclear inquiries and to sign a pro forma submission, you can go to nuclear.foe.org.au. And to get involved with the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network and organising for the September 21 International Peace Day actions, go to ipan.org.au and don't forget the global climate strike which is coming up. You can go to globalclimatestrike.net to have a look at all the activities happening around the world and the date in Australia is September the 20th and you can go to school strike the number four climate.com forward slash SEPT20 to find a climate strike near you to join. If you'd like to listen back or share this or previous editions of the Radioactive Show, you can visit our webpage 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. The Radioactive Show is produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria on the unceded lands of the Kulin Nation. we like to thank the Community Radio Network for getting the show out to community radio stations nationally and the generous support of the Friends of the Earth Melbourne's ACE Nuclear Free Campaign. You can contact us by email radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com and find us on social media, The Radioactive Show on 3CR. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.